in our class of the tafsir of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam we reached the 15th set of verses to be revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the 15th set of verses to be revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was surah al-asr and so far in the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam everything we looked at is events makkiyah Meccan events so therefore this surah which is the fifth or fifteenth rather to be revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is Makkiyah is a surah Makkiyah a surah that was revealed before the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to Medina and surah al-asr we've gone through some of the verses of surah al-asr so we've gone through the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the beginning wal-asri the surah starts with a qasm with an oath and we said last week, the fact that the surah or this chapter starts with an oath, a qasm, it shows the importance, the significance, the magnitude or the topics of the surah. And the, way, the reason we know that is, in defining what is al-qasm, we know it shows the magnitude. And we define what qasm is. We define what an oath is. Whether it's wat-tini wa-zaytun, whether it's wal-layli, whether it's wadduha, whether it's fala wa rabbika, all these are oaths. So we defined what an oath is, what a qasam is. And what, who can remember what a qasam is? Because knowing what a qasam is, an oath is, it shows the magnitude of the subject. So based on the definition last week, what is an oath? What is a qasam? Al qasam is, as we mentioned last week, ta'zimu shay'. Bi zikri al mu'addam. Is to magnify or amplify an affair by mentioning something which is what? Which is great. Which is why we're not allowed to do qasam except by who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We cannot swear except by Allah. So this surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by something to show the what? The magnitude of the topic. So Allah ta'ala says, Well, asr. He swears by asr. In the previous lessons, we said there's different meaning of asr and went to four of them. Right? And we say there's no oath, there's no swearing, except there's jawabul qasam. There's an answer or a reason for that swearing. And the reason or the answer of the swearing is the saying of Allah Azza wa Jal, innal insana lafi khusr. That mankind is in a state of loss. Meaning, is in complete loss or surrounded by loss, and every time, every period of his life is in what? is in loss, serious loss, except for those who have these four attributes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them the exception. Except for those who have these four attributes. Iman, righteous action, and joining upon the good, and join each other upon patience. And Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullahu azza wa jal, based on these four attributes, he said these people that are an exception for mankind to loss, they have four types of quwa, four types of resolve and strength. And what are the four strengths we said that they have? We can remember from last week, the four strengths. The first is quwa al-ilmiyya, resolve and strength in knowledge. Where is the proof of knowledge? In the exception. Where's the proof of knowledge? Except for those who believe. Because Iman is what? 
It's knowledge. How is Iman knowledge? Iman is what? And tu'minu billah. To believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa malaikatihi wa kutubi wa rusulihi wa yawmil akhir. To believe in the six pillars of faith. And how would you know what the six pillars of faith are? Except with what? Except with knowledge. Because Allah ta'ala said to the best of creation, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we revealed to you ruhan min amrina. We gave you revelation. And before the revelation, ma kunta. You did not know the book, nor did you know Iman. And he said, Allah gave them another strength. The second strength was quwa al-amaliyah. Strength in what? In doing deeds. And where's the proof of this? إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ عَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And he said, quwa al-lazimah. Strength in benefiting themselves. And where is the proof of this? عَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Because the benefit returns to, that, to, who? to themselves. And he said the fourth strength is quwa al-muta'addiyah. Strength that not only benefits themselves, it benefits other people. And where is this? Watawasaw bil haq. The enjoying upon haq, watawasaw bil sabr. The enjoying upon a sabr. So, so far, we reach the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, watawasaw bil haq. Here Allah ta'ala says, tawasaw. And there's a difference between tawasaw wa awsaw. Also means they enjoin upon good. They advise, they guide upon good. But here Allah says, Tawasaw. They enjoin each other upon good. So those who have these attributes are not those who think they've reached a level that they can teach but they cannot be taught. They can advise but they cannot be advised. They can guide but they cannot be guided. La, Tawasaw. They enjoin each other upon good. So those who have the attributes of those who teach and they're taught. They advise, they advise. And the reality is, if you want people to accept your advice from you, guidance from you, you have to accept from them too. It's a give and take. And if you're a true believer in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those Allah ta'ala say, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Except for those who believe. You have to be of those who enjoin and enjoined upon. And that's why the Salaf used to say, مَثَلُ mu'min lil mu'min كَمَثَلِ الْيَدَيْنِ تَغْسِلْ إِحْدَاهُمَا الْأُخْرَى That the example of the believer to another believer is like the example of the hand. One washes the other. One washes the other. That's the example of the believer in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَتَوَاصَوْ So we find that sometimes though, you enjoin upon people, you advise people, you guide people, and they don't accept it. And sometimes, other people may advise you and join upon you, but yet you do not accept it. And the secret, and I say justifiably so, that you don't accept the advice justifiably, and they don't accept your advice, and they don't act upon it justifiably. Why do I say justifiably? Because the secret of tawasaw is in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَتَوَاصَوْ And join each other upon haqq, upon truth. Is the truth my personal opinion? Is the truth my point of view? Is the truth how I see or perceive things? Is that the truth? Because if that is the truth, I could build a barrier, hatred, break off relationship with you because I'm enjoining you with haqq and yet you do not follow it. So therefore, I might believe a certain brand of car is the best. And you come to me as a brother. I say, buy this car. 
and you buy the car I tell you not to buy. Should that annoy me? Should that anger me? No, because the haq is not my personal opinion. Even with our children, we may believe that a certain faculty, a certain line of study, a certain profession is better for them, and yet they don't take that advice. But is my advice, my personal opinion, is it the haq? No. So what is the haq? Allah Ta'ala is watawasaw bil haqqi. They enjoin each other upon the truth. So what is al-haq? That it's obligatory for us to accept and it's obligatory upon others to accept from us. The ulama, they say al-haq in this ayah, ma anzalahu Allahu ala nabiyyihi. That which Allah has revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from the Quran and from what? The sunnah. Because when we say revelation, the sunnah is revelation. Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ He does not speak from his desire. إِنْ هُوَىٰ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَىٰ It's revelation from Allah Azza wa Jal. So the statements you get from people sometimes that the haqq is only the Qur'an. And anything else which is not in the Qur'an, but is in the sunnah, is, pardon me, they say, it's only sunnah. It's only the sunnah. When you say it's only the sunnah, what are you saying? It's only the word of Muhammad. That's what you're saying. La. Sunnah is wahi, revelation from Allah Azza wa Jalla. So this is the haq. We join each other upon Quran wa sunnah. Meaning everything the Prophet ordered with and also the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why when you look at the wasiyah of Luqman to his son, the advice of Luqman to his son, it's only in that which is what? Obligatory. And what was the advice of Luqman to his son? When he's admonishing him, Ya Bunaya, La Tushrik Billah. That's the only thing you can enjoin. From the only things you can enjoin. Obligatory. Do not do shirk of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna shirka la vulmun adim. Likewise, the wasiyah of Allah in Surah Al An'am, Surah Al Isra, is based on what? That which is obligatory. So, what tawasaw bil haqq is in that which is obligatory. So, therefore, if you're advising somebody with Quran and Sunnah, and they reply to you with other than Quran and Sunnah. And they say, you know what? I advise you. They say, you advise us. And we accept. But well, when we advise you, you don't accept. Why don't you accept? Because other than Quran and Sunnah. And this is an argument that happens many a times with people. وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when it's the وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ They enjoin each other upon the good. It doesn't mean the one that's enjoining is perfect. It doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean that. So therefore, even if a person lesser than you in knowledge, lesser than you in taqwa, lesser than you in practice, and join upon you the good, do you accept it or reject it? You have to accept it. To respect the institution of what? A tawasul. There's a difference with respect of an individual and respect of what? An institution. Jayid? So for example, as an institution, you're the head of your household. Sheikh Hazim, Hafizahullah Ta'ala, Hafizul Quran, Imam al Jumu'ah. We respect him. But he comes to your house. Who has the right to lead the salah in your house? La yusalla ar-rajul, or la ya'umu rajul ar-rajula fi sultanihi. A person cannot be an imam for another person in his place of authority. Your house is your authority. Do we do that because we disrespect him? No, because we respect the sunnah. Likewise, you as men, you're the head of your household. You must enjoin good upon your family. 
And nobody has the right to say, even you're not perfect. No. It's a disrespect to the what? The institution. You as a mother, you have a right to obey, to order your children. Your children cannot turn around and say, but even mom, you have this mistake, you have that mistake. You're not disrespecting just your mother, you're disrespecting the what? The hukum, the ruling of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so long as your husband, your mother, whoever is your boss at work, they're enjoining the truth upon you, you must follow it. And you cannot reply with your what? With your aql, with your intellect or your opinion. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, They enjoin each other upon al-haq. So the haq is the Quran and sunnah. Jayid, they've reached the top level of advising or guidance, which is haq. Because there's a second level. And what's that second level? Ijtihad. The effort of a scholar. A scholar, he looks at the Quran, he looks at the Sunnah, he can't find evidence. So he does Ijtihad. He's either rewarded with two rewards or one reward. But can he enforce his Ijtihad and he's a scholar upon you? He can't enforce it upon you. Now, if you follow the opinion of a scholar based on Ijtihad, not clear text, can you enforce that opinion upon other people? You can't. And it shouldn't be an issue of al-wala wal-bara, that I don't like this brother. I don't trust this brother. I'm breaking my relationship with this brother because I follow the opinion of one scholar and he doesn't take it. Yeah. So the first level is wahi. The second is ijtihad. And the last is opinions. We're free to express our opinions. And it hurts us, seriously, when people don't follow our opinion. But it's not obligatory for people to follow even our own children, our opinions. Accepting that which what? which is the haq, Qur'an and sunnah. Of course it hurts. You want the best for your children. You want the best for your wives and your friends and your brothers. But you shouldn't take it personally when they don't follow your opinion. Because it's not the al-haq al-wadih. It's not the clear truth. From Qur'an and sunnah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبَرِ And they enjoin upon each other as-sabr. Jayil. As-sabr is also from quwa al-muta'addiya, from strength or power or resolve which extends to other. In this ayah, the ulama, they say, is that when you read a thesis, you know a thesis of somebody is a very long reading, but if you want to understand what the thesis is about, for those who teach English or teach exam strategies to pass IELTS or TOEFL, you only need to look at two parts of the thesis to know what it's about. And what are the two parts you look at? The beginning and the end. So they say in this surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he ended with what he began with. What does surah end with? Sabr. They say Allah ended with what he began with. And that's what Muhammad Abdul Wahab, rahimullah azza wa jal, when he says there's four things which are obligatory upon us. Al-ilmu, al-amalu bi, knowledge, acting according to it, da'wah. What did he end with? As-sabr and patience. And he used Surah Al-Asr as the proof. He said, As-sabru ala al-adhafihi. To be patient upon the harms of it. And he said, harms of what? Harms of da'wah? No. He said, harms of all the pre three previous things. Harms of seeking knowledge. Harms of acting upon knowledge. And harms of calling to the knowledge. So here, Allah ended with sabr and he started with what? Sabr. So therefore, sabr is mentioned how many times in this uh, surah? Four times. Four times. It's not mentioned, but it's referred to four times. 
And how did he start with sabr? Allah Ta'ala says the first attribute was what? إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Except for those who believe. وَالْإِيمَانِ What is Iman? نِصْفُ شُكُرْ وَنِصْفُ sabr. Faith, half of it is shukr, gratitude, and half is what? Sabr. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And they do righteous actions. مِنْ أَعْظَمْ الْأَعْمَالِ الصَّالِحَاتِ The greatest, one of the greatest of righteous actions is what? Sabr. And then Allah Ta'ala said, وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ They enjoyed each other on haq. And haq is that which is obligation from Qur'an and sunnah. And sabr, is it an obligation? It's an obligation. So Allah Ta'ala mentioned a third time, وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرِ A fourth time, لِأَهْمِيَةِ sabr To show the importance of what? Of sabr, of patience. And sabr, as we defined in the previous lesson, is عَلَى طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ Patience upon the obedience of Allah. عَنْ مَعْسِيَةِ اللَّهِ From the disobedience of Allah. وَعَلَى أَقْدَارِ اللَّهِ Upon the decree of Allah Azza wa Jal. This shows the importance of sabr. Allah began with it, ended with it, and mentioned it by itself. And sabr is one of the best of things a person can have to have a happy, a happy life, a successful life in everything which you do. And that's why Umar used to say, خير عيشنا أو خير عيشنا The best life we ever lived and we enjoy the most is sabr, is when we practice patience. And Ali used to say, صبر مطيئة لا تكبر Sabr is like that ride, that car, that riding animal. That never ever startles or stumbles. And the flames and the light of sabr, it never becomes it never ever becomes extinguished. The best life you can have in your workplace when you practice sabr. Stay away from the disobedience of Allah. Stay away or be upon the obedience of Allah Azza wa Jal and be patient with Allah's decree. The best relationship, if you want to have a good relationship with your families, your wives, I mean, you have to have what? Sabr. Because marriage is half of what? Deen. And sabr is half of what? Iman. And that's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even an obligatory thing such as salah. Allah ta'ala said, وَأْمُرْ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ Order your family with salah. وَاسْتَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا And be patient upon it. And that's in an obligation like salah. So as-sabr, as-sabr, patience. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرِ And enjoying each other upon al-haqqi, upon the truth, which is everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down. وَتَوَاصَوْ And enjoying each other upon al-sabr. Patience for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So sabr is therefore mentioned in this surah four times, from the beginning to the end. Now this surah, after this, is going to go on to the hijrah of the companions of Prophet But I want us... Myself and you, to look at the relevance of this surah to the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ during the Meccan stage. The relevance, first and foremost, is it starts with what? Iman. And Iman is what? Ilm. So when we go back to the beginning of the surah, a seerah, what did the Prophet ﷺ start with, with the companions? Ilm. So Arqam, Ibn Abi Arqam, was based on what? Ilm. Ilm of what? Tawheed, ilm of the angels. When you look at the Meccan surah, it's connected to aqidah. So Surah Al-Asr, which was revealed during the Meccan period, it was go to all the Meccan surah, aqidah, aqidah, aqidah. Because it bears a relevance. 
because that aqeedah, that belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a bearing upon what your deeds, your behavior. So when you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it has effect on your behavior. If your aqeedah is sahiha, if you believe in the angels of Allah azza wa jal, you know, ma yalfidhu min qawn illa ladayhi raqeebun ateed. You do not utter a word except the angels are there, hearing it. It has a belief, it has an effect on what you say and what you do. And that's why Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah, when he was sick, Tawuz from the Tabi'i, he told him, because Imam Ahmed was groaning, you know, when you're really ill and sick, it was like, mm, mm. So Tawuz said, the angels, they write down even the moans and the groaning of the ill person. Imam Ahmed stopped groaning and complaining. It has an effect. When you believe in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it should have an effect on your behavior. So in that period, in Arqam, Ibn Abu Arqam, in the same way she be as an ummah, the concentration was on ilm, which in fact caused amal salihat righteous deeds. وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ They enjoined each other upon the Qur'an and the Sunnah. It wasn't of, I'm of this level, you're of that level. Jayyid, so you need a sabr. In, in Iman because Iman is what? In therefore to seek knowledge you need what? Sabr and in reference to the brothers that come every single week may Allah Ta'ala reward you for your sabr it is not easy to sacrifice or give up your Fridays to come here you know there's many things we have we have to do with our families but may Allah reward you for that sabr because knowledge will never ever come except with what? Sabr and that's what the ulama they say, Al-ilmu, lo a'taytuhu. Knowledge, if you give the whole of it yourself, a'taka ba'ad minhu. You only give you some of itself. If you give your whole self. So knowledge needs patience. And in the context of today, Surah Jumu'ah, Surah Al-Kahf, in the context of today and knowledge, Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, Khadr, what did he say to him? He said, Musa asked him, can I please follow you? Upon the condition, so that you may teach me that which you've been taught. What did Khidr say to him? Why did he say Musa will not be able to do it? You will not have patience with me. Meaning, if you cannot have patience with me, you cannot do what? You will not be able to learn. Musa السلام, promised him that you're going to find me sabiran, patient insha'Allah if Allah Ta'ala wills but Khidr already gave him the excuse why I could not be patient he said how are you going to be patient in that which you're going to encompass because there's going to be things I'm going to do you cannot encompass it but Musa said insha'Allah I'm going to be patient the very first incident when he put a hole in that ship what did Musa say to him are you putting a hole? You've done something abominable. How could you do this? He said, did I not tell you not be patient with me? He said, no, I'll be patient. I'll promise to be patient. So he saw a young boy, فَقَتَلَى He killed him. This will shock any of us. He said, أَقَتَلْتَ نَفْسًا زَكِيَّةً بِغَيْرِ نَفْسٍ لَقَدْ جِئْتَ شَيْئًا نُكْرًا You kill a soul that has not killed a soul, you've done something which is evil. After this, Musa said, I promise you, you know, no more. You've made more than enough excuses. I have no more excuses now. No more excuses. They went to a place. The people refused to host them. 
and the walls about to fall down for Aqama. Khadr, he put up the wall. He said, how could you do this? They did it on the house, they didn't host us. Why did you do this? He said, the firaq, bain wa bain. This is the departure point between me and you right now. So ilm, it needs sabr. It needs patience. You have to be very patient in seeking knowledge. It needs a lot of sabr. And sabr, not only in coming to the classes, not only in the hardship of sitting on your sitting down or being on your knees, but even with your teachers. Even with your teachers, sometimes they'll be harsh, sometimes they'll be late, sometimes they'll be absent. And you find, subhanAllah, I drove all the way here. Or the teacher spoke to me in this way. But the ulama, they said, that man lam yadhuq dhullata in sa'atan yatajarra' min dhullatil jahal tul hayatihi. That whoever has not tasted the humiliation of knowledge for one hour will drink drink involuntarily and with hatred and spite from the jug of ignorance for the rest of his life. So if that one hour, that moment, you feel, you know what, he spoke to me a bit harsh, and for that you give up knowledge, you drink from the keg of ignorance for the rest of your life. And that's why you need sabr ala al-ulama. If you're going to be patient upon knowledge, you need sabr ala madha upon the scholars. Because the Prophet ﷺ said in hadith, from the signs of the hour, yurfa'ul ilm, uh, that knowledge will be raised. And the Sahaba, radiallahu an, they asked the Prophet ﷺ, how would knowledge be raised? The Prophet ﷺ, he said that knowledge will be raised with what? Be mutil ulama, the death of the scholars. Meaning there's no scholars, there's no what? Knowledge. So the greatest musibah, trial and tribulation for anybody, is trial in your deen. And from the trials and tribulation in your deen is to say, I don't take from any scholars. I don't want to take from the scholars. Because of what you may perceive to be their mistakes or may actually be their mistakes. It's a musibah. So from ilm, it's or patience upon knowledge to be patience upon the who? The ulama. Patience upon the scholars. So as-sabr ala al-ilm. Illa ladhina amanu. So sabr is mentioned. Wa amilu salihat and patience upon what? Righteous deeds. It's not easy to pray the five daily prayers in the mosque, being tahara, to do qiyam al-layl, to do water. Walakin sabr ala at-ta'a. You have to be patient of ibadah. It's not easy to enjoin your children with good, forbid them from evil. And it's an ibadah itself, especially in the environment we're in, that our children, they see things, they witness things, and they're always comparing between their lives and the lives of others. It's not easy, but be patient. The end result is for what? Those who fear Allah Azza wa Jal. Because those children you're trying to raise upon Quran and Sunnah is ibadah. And that's why Imam Shafi'i says, That maybe one intercourse or relationship with your wife is better than a thousand years of worship. How is an intercourse better than a thousand years of worship? True intercourse if Allah blesses you with a pious child. And that child worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he grows to old age, 40 years upon the worship of Allah Azza wa Jal. Look at the reward. But not only does that child worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has another child he brings up piously. And from generation to generation to generation, based on that one child, all that reward is going to you. So be patient upon that. Be patient upon what tawasaw bil haq, enjoining each other upon the truth. A da'wah. In da'wah you're going to be harmed, people make fun of you. And even the righteous people, in da'wah, your personalities might not get along. It's possible. Two people could be good people, but personality, they just don't match. 
That's Allah Ta'ala all the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Wasbir. Again in Surah Al-Kahf, which we are on Jum'ah. Wasbir nafsaka ma'al ladheena yad'oona rabbahum bil ghadati wal ashi. Be patient with those who call upon their Lord night and day. Yuriduna wajhad. And want the face of Allah Azza wa Jal. Meaning even in da'wah, even with good people you need patience. Because imagine the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah is ordering him with this order. To be patient. You need patience in da'wah. Because he's dealing with people. That they will question him sometimes. And it's not only the questioning, the manner of the questioning. The Prophet will be on the member. A bed will walk in. And he's on the member giving the khutbah. And he'll cut him off immediately. When is the hour? When is the day of judgment? Or when is my mother and father? Or sometimes they'll be shouting, Oh Muhammad, come out. Muhammad, come out. Sometimes they'll grab the Prophet like this. But sabr upon people's personality. Sabr ala as-sabr. To be patient upon being patient. So this is the end of Surah Al-Asr. And Makkan period, this was important. As-sabr ala da'wah. You knew or you know the other, the harms they face in da'wah. And we did this previously. The Prophet would go to the marketplace. What would they do sometimes? Spit in his face. Sometimes they get dust and throw it in his face. Sometimes they go to the Prophet and read the verse that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yuhyi al-idham. Allah is going to bring these bones back to life. They'll actually go and get bones of deceased people, crush it, and blow it in the face of the Prophet sallallahu Even with his own companions, the believers, they still have to have what? A sabr, patience, with the wives. And this is another important thing. The wives of the Prophet he had to have what? Patience. وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرِ Very important. So inshallah ta'ala, next week we move on to the hijrah. Go back to the seerah of Prophet the hijrah of the sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. And we we'll continue with the Meccan verses until we reach the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.